Oh, welcome back. I see a lot of questions from a Patrick Asdell in the uh, in the chat, which I love. Um, I give mm-hmm. I'm giving us a little background. Uh, but yeah, no, we have another show, Dynasty Fallers, allegedly. We're going to talk about a lot of other things. We'll cover Scott Fishbowl. Uh, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and hit the notifications bell. Uh, we'll talk about the other content I did this week that could have been more watched. Um, that would have been nice. But, you know, whatever. And then we'll talk about uh, a lot of news, actually. There's a lot of news today. Yeah. Uh, today, specifically, yesterday, I think, was the big news day, though. There was a little incident on Twitter. Um, I was criticized for, um, well, a lot of things. But how are you guys? I didn't see that at all, actually. Well, um, you know, people, well, people thought that uh, I was – they didn't like that I said that something needed to be done about the running back situation. Uh, you know, they didn't like that. They didn't want to hear about that. Mm. They, they just wanted me to give them fantasy advice. But I'm – you know, I, maybe I should go on strike. I think that's a great idea. I should go on strike. Um, so the people were yeah. telling you to shut up and dribble, essentially, Tyler. Is that what – Yes, what all the time. I mean – you know how often I hear this. I, I Well, maybe you don't. I don't know. You're new to the show. But I, I hear this very frequently that I uh, should just talk about football. And if I could do that if I wanted to. But then the show wouldn't exist. Or the show, we, we wouldn't have a show that's an hour and a half. <laughs> if you noticed, I am very capable of doing a video like this one that I just put the link in. It was very good, I think. It's nine minutes and 20 seconds long. There's no other topics in there. It's nine minutes and 20 seconds of fantasy football advice. Capable of doing that. Hour-long stream, probably not. Um, Hutch, this one, the first question, it's almost like I got this one in here just for you. Yeah. Talk I mean, about it. I mean, honestly, like I, I wasn't hurt at all by the news. Honestly, I mean, we knew he was injured. We knew this was going on. What specifically hurt me a little bit was that I recently traded for Kendra Miller in Dynasty. Uh, like literally just yesterday, I traded for Kendry Miller, and it was like, well, the, or, I just was drafted really, him in the Scottish. You really saw today. me draft him. I did. I saw yeah, you I, draft him. I drafted well. him, and I got you to draft him. Um, thankfully, it was yeah. Well, I regret it now. Thank you for that. No, um, I would not regret it. His time. Well, for his I still injuries. would rather have had Tank Bigsby instead. I did it for you. I think that's, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. It's your preference. But um, I, I think his, his injury timeline, when you look at the timeline for injuries like his, he lines up to be able to start week one easily. I think he's going to be fine. Obviously, you want to watch the news and make sure that he's healthy. And that, I mean, he's getting better and not getting worse, and there are no setbacks. But based on the fact of when he had the surgery, he should be completely fine for week one. So I'm not. I sure hope so. Especially in Dynasty, I'm not worried. In Redraft, I mean, maybe a slight bump down, but not Did- much. Did anyone notice Hutch's hot take there that he'll be ready to start week one? Ooh. Ooh. Starting week one for the New Orleans Saints? Wow. Well, I mean, I'm not saying he'll play over Alec Kamara week I, one. I know. We're That's making not fun what I mean. That's not no, what I'm I mean. Just, I'm, I know. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm teasing with you there. Um, but, you. yeah, <laughs> go, going back and looking at it, I had completely forgotten that Kendra Miller had been injured. I had forgotten about the knee. I had to. That's and my so, fault. Yeah, because he didn't play in the. Because uh, remember, he didn't do the and combine. He didn't he do the combine. He didn't play the in the combine. national championship game. And I think we we forget we forget about all that with all the draft news going on. And similar to Blake Corum out of Michigan, he he might have even benefited from going back his in terms of his draft capital. Um, 
had he not been injured going into the combine and going into the now OTAs training camp. Possibly, yeah. I mean, it's nice to be an early declare though, because he's super young. So yes. he's, you know, he's coming in the NFL. He just turned twenty-one, I believe. I, 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 I did also forget that he had. Um, he had an injury. He was injured at all? Yeah. So that's that's my fault, I suppose. But uh, Hutch, didn't you have a? Didn't you just have a trade where you just traded for Kendra Miller and Dynasty? I did. That's what I meant. Yeah, I meant today. I just traded for Kendra Miller and Dynasty along with Traylon Burks, and I've been getting a lot of hate on Twitter for it. I don't think you guys like. Really? I saw well, it. I I don't know. I don't like. I knew when I posted that people would not like that trade. Like I don't. I don't think people are gonna like that trade. I personally am very high on Traylon Burks compared to consensus. Now that DeAndre Hopkins added, I'm pretty high on Kendra Miller compared to consensus. I thought it was fine. I definitely think I'm taking a big risk, but. If the Titans pass more, like I think they will after adding an all-pro level wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins, and if Kendrick Miller eventually gets the lead role for the Saints, that's going to look like a pretty good trade at the end of the day. So I'm I'm happy with the risk. I know I'm taking a big risk, but I'm happy with it. Yeah, I mean, I think your the hate was a little unwarranted. I was on the other side of the trade. I I definitely I would never do the trade in the way you did it. I would I would only ever consider taking the other side of that. Yes. I just don't. Do I, I agree. That. I don't give away. Uh, the trade was what? It was Jordan a tra- it was a, Miller for Deion Samuel tra- 2025 first and 2024 second. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I have a good memory because I only saw yeah. that once. Um, yeah. It's not up on my screen right now. But uh, yeah, in something great. like that, giving away a random 2025 first, I'm only ever going to do that if I'm if I think I'm winning by a lot. And that one, I think I'm losing. Fair. So yeah. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I would only ever consider doing that trade in the other direction. Generally, when right. there are trades involving future first, if I'm giving it away, and that goes for any trade and any future first, whether it's 2024 or 2025, I have to win by a lot. If I'm not winning by a lot, I just don't do it. Uh, there, now, I will say, if the trade said Traylon Burks for 2025 first, that I might do. That I might do, because that I think I'm yeah. winning by a lot. Traylon Burks is still a really good player. 2025 first is far away. That I would do. But I don't think I would do the other part. I don't think I would. I think it's too much to also give up Debo Samuel and. The yeah, I offered that to a couple people. Kendrick. I offered that to a couple people in our leagues. I offered that to actually to Ryan, who's uh, been on the show a bunch. Ah. So he's a big Jalen Burks guy. So he, I don't think he, I don't think Which he accepted Ryan? it. Um, he's uh, Ryan Pros on Twitter. Oh, Ryan, that Ryan. Okay. Yeah. Ryan well, now there's two Ryans. Now we have two Ryan Ryans. Both of whom are not feeling well today. It sounds like. So yeah, no. hopefully they'll. Uh, hopefully they'll be back soon. The, um, yeah, the other Ryan was supposed to be at the live. He was supposed to meet us at the live draft, and then he wasn't feeling so well, so he didn't. We didn't get to oh, meet him, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, 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 he was supposed to come, but that's why he uh, didn't show up on uh, Saturday, and why he's not here today. Uh, but so hopefully he feels better. I think he'll be back next week. Yeah. Um, what Gibbs FF on Twitter? Uh, yeah, it was kind of sad we didn't meet him. Why don't we tell the people a little bit? Not too much, but. A little bit about the New York City Live event. As yeah. you know, as people can see, I've been posting on Twitter about my draft. I'm actually on the clock right now. I'm going to cause a little delay just because I can't. I'm kidding. I, I don't care. But I, I will. we will talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. I, I'm obviously not drafting. I'm in the Krusty Krab division. Uh, DLF Zone, DLF Jeff is in the division with me. So he's, he's the one I've always been looking at for competition. A couple other people I think I've heard of in my division. Uh no, no, like ultra big names. Um, but I wasn't actually drafting. I just went to hang out and meet some people. It was a good environment. 
Uh, yeah. Well, what did you think? You actually have to do the draft, though, against your father. Yeah, yeah. So um, I got invited, and in, uh, I got invited to I – mean, well, me and my dad both got were able to get invited to Scott Fishbowl, and then we applied to go to a live draft in New York. We live in PA, so it's just a just around a two-hour drive for us. So we thought it would be really nice to be able to go to a live draft, meet some people, and hang out. Like my, It's so funny. My dad has become like kind of a famous person in the industry because of me. It's, it's really hilarious. Like, I he's, love that. Because we do like the um, DFS showdown videos every week for the last two years, we've done that. So I've people, seen gotten, them. people have gotten to see him on video. It's been really, really fun to do those with him. I said and, he should come on the show. Yeah, and and he plan he wants to. Yeah, during the season, I think he wants to. So um, we'll we'll definitely have to set that up. But yeah, my dad. Like it's funny. Usually, like dads teach kids. Yeah, and uh, Patrick just put his. Uh, it's actually no. It's spelled wrong. It's Hutch's dad. It's not Hutch dad. Oh. Um. Your, uh, but, um, so your whole family came to my whole uh, family came yeah the my, thing uh, I, my, felt, I thought was the most interesting yeah my mom two, and my two brothers like your they two came, brothers yes did not say a word that no, i heard yeah, the entire were, time i was there yeah they were, they, were, they were like you know they were like uh because they went there because we lived in new york for a long time uh so they came back and they were visiting some people and um that we knew and you know hanging out just like just going around restaurants and trying to foods and doing all kinds of shopping or whatever while we were drafting. So yeah, when they came in, they were kind of like quiet sitting in the corner because they didn't want to talk about a half drunk fantasy football people. I don't think that's their jam. Hey, I don't that's more, that's more me and dad. I was thing. very well behaved. I made sure I, to tell, I was even very good. I even told both your parents that, I, that they should be very proud of the child that they were. Yeah, that was, that was really nice. Which I, I thought I, you would find embarrassing. That's why I definitely did. Oh, no, I, did I did not find embarrassing. Oh, really? Like really oh, I love that it. then. Yeah. It, it, it really even worked out well. I, was, I always, my heart was I've done that before. I, really I, that. I like embarrassing people in front of their parents. So, <laughs> no, it was uh, not embarrassing at all. I really appreciate oh, it. I love but, that. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, but the Sky Visual Live Drive, I mean, it was, it was a beautiful place. I mean, it was like everything was super positive. It was a really Except great Except for the few drunk people. Actually, a few drunk people. There were a, we were couple, raising, a couple little problems. A couple little problems. We were that. raising money for charity. Everybody was having a good time. And, uh, yeah, I actually, some got people, to be, I think, had a little too good of a time. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that there was, um, but the the Better Sports Network was there. They were like filming and like interviewing yes, people. I they were the interviews. They could give me a follow back on Twitter. I would really like that. <laughs> they they posted. I got to do an interview with them. And they posted it, which was fun. So my uh, my interviews out there. Mm. I was screaming because it was so loud around us. So it sounds like I'm screaming on the microphone, and my voice was shot. So I sound like I'd I sound like I'd smoked like three packs that day. But um, I but I really yeah, hope for was, your sake you've never smoked. Any. Oh my god, I've never smoked. No. But um, no. But uh, I was just so shocked because I was smoking kills kids. Smoking What's is that? bad for you. Oh yeah. I I don't right. recommend it. Yeah. I've never no. smoked. I mean, I, I'm from New York City. So many people smoke it. I just, no I'm bueno. Not a fan. Yeah, I'm no glad bueno. that you can't smoke anywhere anymore because it's <laughs> it's a one. I have like no sense of smell. Uh, cause I got um, same, like my same, consoles same. out and a couple other things when I was a kid. Uh, so I, I literally have like no sense of smell. That's one of the only things I can smell. Uh, and it smells like shit. So I'm not, not a fan of cigarettes. Mm -hmm. Um, Saquon holdout. Oh, from Patrick. Uh, we know him. What running backs did you drop past in dynasty rankings? Okay. So I haven't actually really changed my dynasty rankings. Because at some point we came to, I expected this to be the outcome. Like this was what I thought would be the outcome. So I didn't change it because I'd already moved it as if this was the outcome. If he had signed, I would have moved him back up. But he didn't. 
So him and Jacobs were already ranked in my dynasty rankings as if this had already happened. Because um, I thought yeah. this was the most likely outcome. So I guess I could move him down a little bit more, but he's already low. I already have him almost a round of value below consensus. I'll have no Saquon. Um, I am from New York, and I will say, I think that he is going to show up because he kind of has no choice, but it's concerning. It's concerning. I, I'm surprised that, given the discussion on the final day, that they didn't get it done. It looked very bleak, and then everything was very positive on the final day up until the point where there was announcement of not having a deal. So as the final day played out, I thought it was going to conclude with a deal. That didn't happen. No. Uh, so, yeah, it's um, it's not good, but what's he supposed to do? Hold out? What is that going to accomplish? No, it'll, it'll I, accomplish I absolutely it's, nothing. It's going to like, accomplish it, nothing. No, he, he'll accomplish I think he'll probably end up missing a lot of, you know, training camp and all of the practices before the season. And I think it does actually – I mean, I'm not going to – I don't think I'll move him down really much at all. But I'm actually, it does make me more concerned for specifically an injury risk for him because when you miss training camp, when you miss all those practices, it's not that he's going to be out of shape by the time football season starts, but missing that stuff is really not helpful for a running back specifically who's going to take a lot of big hits because he has not had any practices yet with shoulder pads on, with pads on, where they're tackling each other. He hasn't had any of those practices yet. He's going to miss all of those if he does hold out, and that's going to be a huge problem because he might not be ready week one when he's taking some big hits. So I'm actually a little bit it's, – it's not going to significantly impact my rankings at all, but his injury risk takes a little bump up for me uh, so if, he, if he were to hold out. So literally, I am up in Scott Fishbowl okay. at 20.06, and I could pick Eric Gray right now. I mean, you've seen my team. It's weak at running back. <laughs> I could yeah, pick Eric Gray yeah. right now. You could. I think I should, right? I mean, the Who other running backs right are like Wayne is, McBride, Michael Carter. I mean, these are not like Who else is on the Who else is on the Giants roster? Right now? Isn't isn't Matt Breida? Matt Breida. Yeah, Matt Breida. But I could pick roster. Eric Gray right now. I could. could. At 20:06, I mean, and what would be a better use of that pick? You know, I don't know. I can't I don't imagine think there's else. much of anything. I mean, I think I should, right? I'd be willing to take that shot, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, just to give you an idea, some of the I picked Rashid Shahid at nineteen oh seven. That's actually one of my favorite values of the whole draft. That's he was top of the ADP oh, list for two rounds. I didn't pick him because I went wide receiver early, but then it comes to a point. I picked him at wide receiver seventy five. I actually think Rashid Shahid is pretty good. So, you know, if something happens to Michael Thomas, which seems Honestly, not that unlikely, uh, considering Michael Thomas's track record. I, I think he could be someone. But now I have six wide receivers. I went wide receiver early, so I'm probably not going to go wide receiver again. And Scott Fishbowl yeah. really devalues wide receiver. I'd be better off picking kickers than picking like a seventh or an eighth wide receiver. Yeah, hold on. Tyler, are you an MFL or a sleeper? MFL. You're on MFL. Oh, yeah. So I'd be better off picking like, a little bit more valuable since you can flex them. You can flex them. Yeah. Make I'd them be better off like picking Jake Moody or something over uh, any other one. There's no good wide receivers left. There's all the Giants ones. They're all available. <laughs> but they all. Wandell Robinson, I will say, I moved down my dynasty rankings recently. He's not going to be ready to play week one. He's not going to be ready. The Giants uh, starting three for week one is going to be Isaiah Hodgins at X, uh, Darius Slayton at Z and Paris Campbell in the slot. 
that is going to be their starting three. Jalen Hyatt is going to be on the bench. Yeah. And Wandale Robinson is going to be on ball. He's not going to be ready. He's, he's not going to be ready. He's not even be close to being ready. So it's just a question of whether they start him on pup or whether they let him just sit the first two or three games. I don't know if he's going to be out two weeks, three weeks, or the full six weeks, but he's not going to be ready. So don't draft him and redraft. There's no point in Wandale Robinson is not worth waiting for. No, yeah. he's not at all. Yeah, I yeah I agree there. So given my choices, I don't know. Eric Gray it seems like good. And the other yeah, Gray, the other running backs are like uh, Dwayne depending McBride. on the kickers available. I might look kicker too. If there's a really good offense available, I might. Yeah, there are some direction. kickers, but because there's actually there have not been a lot of kickers crazy. picked in my league. Not a lot of kickers, kickers left. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Gotcha. I don't. Yeah, th- we, I don't think Eric Gray is gonna make it back. Another yeah. 13 picks, given that now all this news. I'm surprised he made it here. Like yeah. his original, his ADP is all the way down to 233, but his last five is 216. So, and I think that 216 going up is more accurate because I think a lot of those early ADPs were before Saquon didn't sign the extension. Yeah, I think his ADP would be higher now. Uh. I do think Saquon shows up, though. If I had to choose, he's gonna play. I think he shows up. You never know. I mean, look, there is always a possibility that any one of these players could act not in their own best interest. It's clear what their best interest is for themselves is to show up and play. That is the, that's what's in their best interest. Yeah. However, sure. I would not put it past someone to do what's not in their own best interest to prove a point. People do that all the time. I do that all the time. I tweet about a lot of things. Certainly not in my best interest to tweet about those things, but I do it because in whatever, I'm proving a point or I'm angry or emotional or whatever. You know? Um, However, Josh Jacobs is the one who strikes me as that kind of person. I don't know him. I don't know him. But of the two, He's the one who strikes me more as that kind of person who will do – we saw how what he said to the fantasy community. I don't think he has the same kind of relationships with the Raiders uh, general manager as Saquon does with the Giants. Uh, I don't think the relationship is as good. I could see Josh Jacobs doing it just to stick it to them. Saquon Barkley, I think I find to be a little more rational. I think he'll do what's in his best interest, which is to show up and then try to collect the money next year. That's what's in his own best interest. So yep. I, I think he'll do the smart thing. Whereas Josh Jacobs, I don't want to say I think he's stupid, but some of the things he said over the years are not uh, not the best. Not the best. Don't give me the highest opinion of his character. Yeah, I think they'll, so, I think they'll personally, personally, I think they, they will both play week one. And uh, I think both will, in some way, shape, or form, hold out of training camp. I think there's also another risk with Josh Jacobs that I think people are not talking about. The Giants, no matter what, will never rescind the tag given to Saquon Barkley. Never. Never. They will never rescind that tag. Never. They'll keep it on him all year. They don't care. They'll keep it on him all year uh, because they want him to come back. And they'll, they'll keep it on him. The Raiders could rescind the tag to Josh Jacobs and sign someone else. I, I don't think that that's impossible. If he doesn't play week one, they could rescind the tag. I think the relationship there is bad. I don't think the Raiders actually want to sign Josh Jacobs. 
And unlike the Raiders, unlike the Giants, who I think think that they're trying to make the playoffs, and they did last year, the Raiders are going to be bad. The Raiders are going to be bad. They could have a new coach, a new front office. They're not going to be a good team. So they could rescind the tag to Josh Jacobs at any time and not owe him that money. And I, I, there's a possibility they could do that, save their cap for next year. Cap rolls over when you don't spend it. So that is a risk with Josh Jacobs, I think, is not being talked about enough. That the team, And then, you know, if the tag is rescinded on September 5th, you think he's just going to sign somewhere where he has the same workload, projected workload that he has now? No, that doesn't exist. So Josh Jacobs scares me. I would not draft Josh Jacobs in redraft. I'd just draft someone else. I'd just draft someone else. I don't see the risk. The reason to take the risk. Tyler, where would you feel comfortable taking Josh Jacobs in redraft? I'll take him at 10, Ooh. which is below uh, a Pollard. That's uh, not where he's going. Chubb, Chubb, Henry, and I guess Ramondre. Ramondre scares me too. They could sign Cook. But <laughs> I threw him on my dynasty followers list before the show. Was what is what happens to Ramondre if he if Dalvin Cook gets signed for a two year deal? I don't think any Dalvin Cook is getting a two year deal. No. Dalvin Cook's not getting two years. Yeah, he's not getting two years anywhere. He's gonna get a one year deal. But yeah, Vermont, yeah, that would play out really yeah, I would just not want piece of that backfield if Dalvin Cook's there. Bill Belichick likes to ruin backfields like that. I feel like it'd be both horrible for fantasy. I would not I want mean, to I've be- dropped both uh Barkley and Jacobs in my dynasty rankings. Uh Ramondre, I still have pretty high. But I, I am I would drop him if Cook signed there. He's not going to be RB8 where I have him in redraft with Cook there. That's not no, absolutely not. He would I, fall I feel- He would fall a tier for me. I'd be instead of choosing between Ramondre and Pollard and Chubb and Henry, I'd be choosing between Ramondre and like Najee Harris. He'd be in that tier if Cook was there. I, yeah. I think I would still have him leading that tier. Uh, so I'd have him at 11, but I'd be scared. Dynasty running backs like five through – like once you pass that first five, it feels so – there's so many red flags. It's – Yeah, it's everyone, – Everyone's got something that could tank their value in a matter of weeks. Yeah, it's, it's brutal. It's tough. If you look at the non-quarterbacks – and this is why quarterbacks are going so high in Superflex – if you look, really, once you get past, like, Mark Andrews and, like, JSN, all the higher-end assets are either old or risky. You have Saquon Barkley in there, Tyreek Hill. I mean, those are guys who are about to head over the cliff of age. You have Cooper Cup in there, someone who's already 30. Ramondre Stevenson is scary. Stefan Diggs about to turn 30 and didn't look as good down the stretch last year. Uh, Kenneth Walker and Travis Etienne got significant competition in their backfields. Josh Jacobs could hold out. Christian Watson is up there, but he's pretty unproven and wasn't the best prospect. Doesn't have first-round draft capital. Najee Harris is kind of meh. Travis Kelsey is like, you know, 33. So you see why quarterbacks go so high in Superflex because once you get to a certain point, you don't want the other players are not high end. If, if, if you're rebuilding right now, now is the perfect time. I feel like with with how much uh, sh- shifting there is in the rankings and how fluid everything is right now, beyond those top end assets as you said, 
where you can turn some of those riskier assets, you can turn your cup into a younger wide receiver in a 2024 first, and suddenly you're sitting there looking in a, in a year with a better wide receiver asset and a first round pick. Yeah. yeah I, I, I blew up one of my leagues last like Thursday night with three trades, like looked at my roster and said, this roster just won the championship, scored the most points in the league the last two years, took second place the year before that, and said, this team is going to come in fourth or fifth place. And if oh. I have any injuries, I'm, I'm screwed. Blew it up, and suddenly I've got all these top-end assets that are looking like much more promising with a lot of the risk mitigated. Well, I mean, right now, Ramondre Stevenson, I have at RB7. And I have J.K. Dobbins at RB15. And if I told you that after two weeks, J.K. Dobbins had more dynasty value, it, it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's very possible. Absolutely. So, scary. This is why I recommend trading down. A lot of those uh, mid-high assets are the most overvalued. Like, I'd is much this- rather, you know, pick a few rounds later. There's a lot of guys that I like as values in the middle. Like Brandon Ayuk, Jahan Dotson, mm-hmm. George Pickens um, are a couple. Deontay Johnson, if you're going older, is actually a value uh, in, in Dynasty. Damian Pierce is somehow a value in Dynasty. I hate on like why he is so low compared to some others who are also unsecure in their future. It is surprising. Why is Javante Williams two rounds higher? I have no idea. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No, a lot of things don't make sense. So that's why I recommend trading down. Kirk and a 24 first or JSN. What, what Kirk? Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk. Um, uh, Superflex? Yeah. The value's with JSN. But it's, agree, it's a yeah. fair, fair trade, I think. I like JSN. Definitely, definitely yeah. a fair trade. I think you can see both sides of it. Yeah, and yeah. I think I'm landing on the JSN side, and I don't, I'm not a huge JSN fan. I'm big JSN fan. I lead the JSN. Not a huge. Fan, why but... aren't? Oh, well, let's hear about that because I think most yeah, people are a huge JSN. Fan. Why are um, you not a huge JSN fan? I I'm concerned with the soft tissue injury history in college. There are very few people that don't have a clean tear, like an ACL or something like, or an MCL or major knee injury, to have soft tissue injuries in college that linger. The track record of those uh, being successful in the NFL. I can't name one. I can't name a, a, a top tier asset. He's healthy who, now, though. But those soft tissue injuries, like hamstrings, like that, tend to flare back up. They come back. They, they and to start getting those at that young of an age, we, we we worried once Julio started dealing with hamstring injuries because he'd re-aggravate it every two weeks. But he was still always good. Despite those, when he, when he started when he started getting them, he that was when his decline started. And AJ Brown struggled with injuries throughout both of his second two oh, yeah. years in the NFL, and so, he's, he's just fine. I, I the risk there worries me in the, in terms of the full dynasty landscape. Of, do I? I'm probably lower lower on consensus probably about five wide receivers compared to others on J, than JSN. Now, given I did just acquire him in a trade earlier this week because I think there there is still something, but I'm lower than consensus on it. I'm a big fan of JSN. 
Yeah, hold on, Tyler, where do you have him ranked? In Dynasty? Yeah, in Dynasty, where do you have him ranked? Uh, 13. Wonder where... yep. 13? Okay, yeah, I got him at, I have him at 11 right now. I think, yeah. for me, Jason was, was still the wide receiver one in this class for me, but I think the gap between him and Addison, who was who my wide receiver two in the class, is much smaller. So, Addison is not healthy now. I know. JSN is healthy now. I care more about if someone is healthy now. That's that's the problem. I, I don't really care if someone was healthy a, a while ago. That That's the problem. Addison, I'm starting to – we're not at the point of concern. But if we get to training camp, he's still not participating. Then we might have to move him down a little bit. Because sure. he's got to participate in something. It's hard to yeah. – be good in the NFL if you haven't participated in a practice. That is kind of important. Oh, 100%. 100%. But that, that was why in the, in the draft process in the early offseason. The thing is that I've he was that fully participating in everything, though. So I, I'm just not really – I'm not someone who really buys into an injury history. I just don't – that doesn't really matter to me. I really care about if someone is healthy now. Now, some people yep. fall into a category of – they're so often injured that they're never healthy now. Michael Thomas is in that category. He's never healthy. He's not healthy. He cannot get too healthy now because he's been injured too much. JSN doesn't fall into that category. So I'm not. It, that's, that's just my, that's my view of soft tissue injuries. Those hamstrings. I see. I see those as the ones that keep popping up and keep limiting. I over think time. that comes with age. I think that comes with age. I'm not worried about it. And we'll see. And, I, and, and I'm okay I'm with being a little bit lower on JSN to mitigate that risk when there's other I also uh, think there's a lot of that stuff that we don't know. Like mm-hmm. we, there's a lot of injuries we don't know about. So I'm more concerned when, you know, I'm more concerned at looking at a more recent view of injuries in terms of one thing I have found is very helpful is if you're playing redraft, I suggest anyone who's injured for any reason, just don't draft. Just don't draft them. You don't have to. You can draft someone who's not hurt. If someone's currently hurt, I don't think I've ever regretted this. If someone's currently hurt, just don't pick them. Pick someone else. It's very good advice. Jason Moore says this all the time. Do not buy the injury dip. And, you know, we've talked about it. I've talked about it many times on here, but the redraft yeah. injury dip is one tool. But in usually, Dynasty, yeah. I'm not concerned. Usually, yeah. In Dynasty, I also don't want to buy the injury to be there for players who are currently seriously injured. But, you know, when once they're healthy, I don't I don't usually mind. Uh, Aaron Jones or Judy? I'll, I'll take Judy. Judy. Judy is someone I'm pretty out on compared to most, though. Yeah, I'm lower but, on That's why I thought it was going to be an interesting I, question. Well, I just don't want Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, to me, is kind of like... He is past his prime. I'm pretty yeah. high on him for this year, honestly. Like for this year specifically, I'm totally cool drafting Aaron Jones like a top 15 running back. I'm very, very happy with that. And he's going much lower than that in redraft. So I'm very happy with him in redraft. In Dynasty, though, he is 28 years old. And, you know, I believe next year they have a nice out on Aaron Jones and that he they could do. be very, yeah, he could, they could, he could very easily be cut or traded. Um, so Dynasty is much. Very, very worrisome. But so I'd take Judy and Dynasty, but it's yeah, hold on, let's see. 
Right now, my mind says Judy. I don't know where I have them both ranked, though. Let's see. I, I would just say that Aaron Jones is one of those people who could not be in the NFL next year. You know, I have Judy. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like the, the upside of hitting with Judy is just so much more. I mean, there's yeah. a world in which Judy breaks out this year and is good. And oh, yeah. He's Fantastic. a 25 year old going into 2024 and carries a lot of dynasty value. Yeah. What's Aaron Jones's upside that he gives you one more low end RB one season and then is out of the league. I mean, that's probably uh, essentially done. I, I don't see any real universe in which he has a significant role next year. Um, yeah, very few running backs. I, I mean, he's 28. Who's the last running back. I mean, the only running back 29 or older that's projected for any sort of significant role this year is Derrick Henry. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much every other running back is younger. I mean, the next, uh, the next one who's like that, even 28, other than Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry, you'd have to go to uh, James Conner of the players who have a job right now. So it's hard. Austin Eckler. Although he mostly gets it from the receiving game, those guys hold up a little longer. I mean, Aaron Jones is – I mean, he does get a lot of carries. He's not he's Austin like, Eckler, though. He's not Austin Eckler. But he is one of the He's not going to have the Danny Woodhead end his career that Austin Eckler might. No, yeah, no, he's not. He's not James White. He's, he's not that. He has to actually be – he still has to hold up carrying the ball to be good. Yeah. Whereas those guys Here. – Aaron Jones got some big paydays. Yeah. He he's one of, He made out very well. Yeah. Yep. These are some of the other videos. Uh, and more questions. We, okay. What do I do if I have Bichon, London, and Pitts? Does it matter? Should I trade one? I don't think it really matters. I, uh, I wouldn't worry no. about uh, wouldn't worry about it too much. Just trade for it and you have the ultimate stash. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just trade for it and then you're good. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't hate that. No. So, I mean, there are three very good, valuable layers. I, I'm not concerned about this. I, I addressed this on the Patreon show on the channel. And I address this all the time on the Patreon and other places. I, I'm just not concerned about um, about this kind of thing. I just worry about building on good players. I don't. I don't worry too much about uh, anything like that. And, and there's the Patreon link uh, as well. Are you sure you don't want to diversify your portfolio? Uh, yes, I'm very sure. But thank you. Um. So I still okay. So. I, th- I think I'm going to take uh, Eric Gray at uh, 20.06 and Scott Fishbowl. Why not? Maybe Saquon Barkley will announce he's retiring from football. Okay. <laughs> you, you always have a chance to uh, – so the thing is you always have a chance to do waivers before the season starts anyway. So when you want – with these late picks, you want to pick someone who has a chance to increase in value between now and then. A random kicker doesn't have any chance to increase in value. You have to pick up one later. But a running back – has a chance to increase in value. You never know. Saquon Barkley holds out. I guarantee you that Eric Gray would go for the entire fab budget in a 22 roster league like Scott Fishbowl. So I picked him at uh, 2006. I feel like I went zero RB or not even really. I mean, I have Jonathan Taylor and Kenneth Walker, but I've now have uh, Kendra Miller, Ezekiel Elliott, Deonta Foreman, Chuba Hubbard, Kareem Hunt, and Eric Gray. I got Gray. Zeke in my Scott Fishbowl too, actually. Who? I got Zeke and Miller. Zeke, yes. I just, Zeke I just had a uh, 1507. I just got him in the 17th. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. 
That's really good. I got Kareem Hunt in the 18th. I kind of. I'm gonna like start that. 16th. 16th. Okay. 16th. Yeah, I probably should have waited on Ezekiel Elliott and picked another tight end instead, like Michael Meyer. But whoops. Yeah, your RB your RB room still ended up much better than mine, though. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah, now have. I, I mean, I now have eight running backs, and there's still room for me to pick some more. I got to. Uh, I got to think about it. It's really not many players at all that I like left, but there's a few players yeah. I think have a a path to touches. Those late wide receivers in Scott Fishball, I will say. Are not helpful. You, you know, Rashid Shahid, I think, was the last wide receiver on the board that I. Now that Wando Robinson's still there, but now that I've learned that he's not going to play, I uh, he fell out fell out of the group of wide receivers I thought were worth taking. So now now there are no wide receivers left that I think are worth drafting. So I will just uh, wait for waivers if I need one. And I started Chris Moore in Scott Fishbowl down the stretch last year on my round four playoff team. So it just goes to show. And that was last year when wide receivers scored even better than they do this year. This year it's even worse because kicker scoring was increased. So the odds you want to flex a wide receiver are even lower. Uh, what college player is going to pick running back now? It's a concern. Yeah, it's, you know, I it's mean. It's a concern I, that this is going to start happening. Yeah, I mean, Jason Moore said this on. Jason Moore said this on the fantasy football. She said all the time. He says, uh, "Mama, don't let your boys grow up and be running backs." I mean, it's just not—it's not a position you want to play anymore. You get beat up, you get destroyed, and you don't get paid much money anymore. Like it's just really not it. Like if you're going to play football, running back's not the position. So, yeah, there's—I think if there's this continues. Lot of, there's gonna be a lot of stuff going on. You're gonna get to a point at which really good college players, ones who know they're good enough to make it to the NFL, are not going to want to play running back. No, I'm not going to no. want to play running back. They're going to want to play something else. Probably mostly wide receiver. Because nah, those are the ones that get paid the most. Yeah, they're the ones that get paid. I mean, unless yeah. you can switch to quarterback, but not everyone can switch to being a quarterback. No. So, uh, yeah, I do think this is going to be a problem. Because the problem is, and I heard this talked about on a lot of the more like mainstream shows, every level you move, running back becomes less and less important. As in... The reason for that is that the quarterback becomes more important. As in, on your average high school team, pretty easy to find someone athletic. Most schools have someone athletic who can play running back. Having someone who can play quarterback well, that's not harder to find. There aren't as many of those. So, at most high schools, you have the running back as the center of the offense. Then in college... Well, the cream of the crop. You have the cream of the crop, so you're more likely to have a competent quarterback at a higher level. Then in the NFL, you're even more likely to have at least a competent quarterback at the highest level because it's only the cream of the crop. Whereas running backs, it's just easier to learn as a kid. It's not that hard. Whereas a quarterback, unfortunately, just seems to be harder to learn, requires more precision coaching as a kid it just seems to be more difficult to churn out a bunch of good quarterbacks yeah it's it really is tough i mean it's you know there's a reason people call it one of the hardest positions to play in sports i mean there's so much pressure on you there's so much you got to think about and do and it's just such a it's a really hard position to play and as you move up and up you find more and more people that are able to do it at a really really high level so they're much more important than and running backs we 
like we Tyler was just saying, is a very simple position. It's not one. That's why you see, you know, when college players go to the NFL, you see running backs dominate year one. I mean, we've seen running backs the past years being dominant year one. It's because, and you don't see as often with wide receivers or quarterbacks or or defensive players or offensive linemen. Like you just don't, you just don't see it as often because running back is one of the easier positions to learn in the league. It's the, it's not one of the easiest. It's the easiest other than kicker. Kicker. Yeah. Kicker and punter. I mean, it's the same thing. You're doing the same thing. Yeah. Both levels, but other than kicker and punter, running back is the easiest position to learn. It is, yeah. Uh, and the problem with running back is not that running backs are not valuable. They are. The problem is that it's the only position in which the peak of your career, the height of your powers, is the rookie contract. So by the time it's time to pay a running back, at the earliest, that's year five. Let's say you were on a team, you had a four-year rookie contract who had to use the franchise tag on someone else. Year five. Or someone like Miles Sanders plays a four-year rookie contract, is getting compensated in year five. That's already paying for decline. I mean, we know that running backs' best years are, I think, two and three are the best years for running Yeah, the prime age for a running backs like 23 to 25. Like yeah, those the are the second best and third years in the NFL are usually the peak yes. for running back. Yeah. Uh, four, you can kind of stretch the prime, but five is decline. Five is already declined. Fifth year is already declined. So you're paying for past production. And NFL teams, I will give them credit, have gotten smarter in that they don't do that anymore. They don't pay for past production anymore. They don't do that. So because they don't do that, they have gotten smarter. You don't see, you don't see like the Julio Jones. It's not just running back. The Julio Jones extension when he was 31 years old. That's not going to happen again. No. Teams have gotten smart. No, That's paying for past production. They don't do that. The problem is that running backs don't hit free agency until the, it's all past, based on past production. Yeah. They don't get a chance to hit free agency at the prime of their powers. I think there would be teams. I mean, Bijan Robinson, I think if, if he were a free agent now, someone would pay him 12, 13 million a year for the yeah. rookie contract because you know you're getting his good years. But that doesn't happen. And you can just franchise, a, use the fifth-year option and franchise, and then you get six years, and then that's it. I mean, you don't want to pay them. I, I, I understand why the teams are doing it. They're acting in their own best interests. It's not going to magically change. The system has to change. Generally, rational actors like and teams have finally started doing it, have actually started acting in their own best interests. It took them 30 years to learn, but they did. <laughs> They did. They, they started doing that. Okay. Maybe the structure has to change because running backs are not going to get paid more. Yeah. Because their best years are cost controlled by the rookie system. The fifth year option system could also change because that's based on the salary at the position. Maybe the fifth year option needs to be done a little differently. I don't know. Franchise tag could be done a little differently too. There are Those are some cosmetic adjustments. You could lump in running back with another position, make the franchise tag less palatable, those kind of things. But until then, uh, the problem is not going to be solved because there are very few running backs who are really worth the extra money in their declining years. Christian McCaffrey is one of them. Derrick Henry contract was, I think, fine. I think fine. I think it was fair. Nick Chubb contract, I think, was fair. Was fair. I think those were fair. But 
there were very few. The only contract, the only running back contract I can think of where I was like, that was a steal, was Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler's the only yeah, running back uh, that I thought was... Was that the three-year 18 mil? Uh, that was the four-year 24 mil. I knew it was six, six mil a year or something like that. That was a steal. They got a mm-hmm. steal. But most of the time, it's either okay, like Chubb or Henry. I think those were fine. I don't think they regret it, but we're not doing victory laps. Or it's really bad. Like Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. That one, really bad. Joe Mixon, but, bad. Bad. The, Aaron Jones has about, had to take multiple pay cuts. Yep. Zeke Steele, though, had, was very advantageous for the Cowboys in the way they, they built up the cap hit and the dead cap to where their outs in the contract were basically – if Zeke is still performing at a top level, we can keep him on at the same price tag, or we can cut him and it costs us four million dollars. And it still wasn't to, worth it. it but the, the structure of the, of the contract was the right structure. Sure, for but that he wasn't time. worth it. He declined no. in the year he signed the contract. You know, Todd Gurley yeah. was cut before the contract even kicked in. So that, most of the contracts are bad. Some are okay. Only Austin Eckler's deal is a steal. So if one is a steal, some are okay and some are bad, can you blame them for not doing it? I mean, no. You just have to talk about how you fix the system. But, you know, everyone's acting in their own best interest. So you have to kind of see within the, the – if, if everyone's acting within their own best interest in the system and there's still a problem – and it's the system, not the individual actors, that have to change. I mean, it's you know, pretty basic. And and really, the NFL minimum is barely is barely for veterans, barely more than what the rookie running backs are making already in their contracts. And that's another problem: is you have yeah. rookie running backs. The problem is, I, I feel Saquon Barkley. I, yes, I feel bad for Saquon Barkley, but he's already made thirty-eight million in his career. I don't feel so bad for Saquon. Yeah. Who I feel yeah. bad for. Is someone like James Robinson came in at two good seasons and it's done. I mean, James Robinson, yeah, sure, whatever it was, but Mm. he had a couple good seasons. Philip Lindsay, a couple good seasons, never made any money at all. I mean, so people talk about generational wealth. Philip Lindsay does not have generational wealth. I mean, the medical bills that he's going to have for the NFL football that he played and the money he made, yeah, he made a few hundred thousand dollars, but he's going to have hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical bills over his life that he wouldn't have had otherwise. And it's not like he made billions of dollars or even millions of dollars over that period. So, but he provided a lot of value to the Broncos over those first two years. But is he going to be, was he compensated for that? No. And then by the time it was time to think about giving him a new contract, he was already washed up in the NFL's eyes. Yeah. So it's a, it's a problem. And there's, we're going to see about, I think it's going to need to be addressed at some point because at some point it starts to get into the competitive nature of the game. And I think it's going to affect it in a negative way, and I think we're going to need to work on that. Uh, have Watson, Anthony Richardson, and Bryce Young in a 14-team Superflex just keep all three? Uh, sure. I mean, unless yeah. you have a reason not <laughs> to keep all three. I mean, if someone sends you a great offer, sure, but I, I'm not running to get rid of them. I mean, Bryce Young certainly is a buy to me. I'm definitely not a sell. Uh, Anthony Richardson, yeah. same thing. Really? Yeah, I would see. Here's the thing, though, because since it's a 14 team league, there are going to be some teams that really just don't have quarterback at all. 
or really need an upgrade, if you can find like a like a more like a lower end quarterback and like maybe give them Watson and just get a ton of value in turn since the 14 teamer, some people might be really desperate, might be willing to severely overpay for one of these three. I would see if you could hang some bait in front of somebody to get somebody bite on a humongous deal. Uh, but I'm I'm also not like racing to deal them either. I would only take the most severest overpays. Because there's gonna be there might be a person or two in the league that might be willing to overpay for that quarterback, right? Since well, especially yeah, I mean I'm always team. willing to listen. Yeah, I think at this point you're you're going to the season with three of the top fifteen quarterbacks in the dynasty. You are set yeah. at the at the most difficult position to fill in a fourteen team superflex league for the next hopefully four to five years. You don't even have to think about it on draft day. Yeah, Write that I, I'd be fine with it. Yeah, a rich though. <laughs> um, Saquon or Rashad White in a mid twenty-four first. I'll just take I'll take White because I yeah, then I don't have to deal with this anymore. And I, you know, I'll usually, yeah, usually if you can get out for this kind of price, I'll do it. Yeah, I feel like with Saquon, what's the worst thing that happens? He comes back and he's good, and then he's twenty-seven next year, and it's. Too late to like, I don't yeah I'm not he's not gonna be worth more than a mid 24 first next year plus you get white so it's fine you're not gonna Ooh. get more so it's, it's you guys have seen this quote what quote um I mean you know it could be just be fluff or whatever but um there's a Jaguars reporter saying that tank Bigby has impressed the Jaguars players and staff repeatedly this offseason by making his by making plays in the pass kitchen game that same report also said that uh, travis Etienne is entrenched as the running back one and yeah competing for snaps behind him so uh, it's it's so yeah. dumb man i don't understand it it is yeah i mean take me here's the thing though i mean th- i think people underrate him a little bit as a pass catcher he was he was all right he wasn't horrible uh in college he put up okay numbers and looked all right catching the ball. Not like anything special, but I wouldn't be surprised if he caught a couple balls this year. I just don't think that there's much of a world where tanks, Tank Bigsby really overtakes Travis Etienne. Oh, no, not at all. No, there's no world. No. So, that's not yeah, That's not. I'm happening. not I, I, I think we, we took a, a quote from the coach several months ago about wanting to reduce Etienne's workload, which was getting up towards 80-plus percent of running back touches and took that as gospel that Bigsby's going to be that guy to take 35, 40% of the running back touches where I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the plan on anyone's part in the Jaguars organization to take work that much work away from their first round running back. So I'd expect, I still expect ETN to have 70 plus percent of running back touches but to make sure that those are spelled out and that they're using him the way that he was intended to be used in that offense. I mean, he didn't okay. even have 70% of touches last year. Um, after the second half of the season, they, he was running that. I'm not expecting uh, that. Guys. Then that's what they were saying. We're not doing that again because they were, they were forcing the ball to ETN. And well, they wanted the a committee, but then the committee kind of fell apart. Yeah, exactly. As half the committee was traded. Mm-hmm. Does the pup list mean anything as of now? No, it doesn't mean anything. Not tons, no. I will say, though, I will say there's one addition to the pup list that is terrifying. 
and it's Isaiah Pacheco because Isaiah Pacheco is not someone I wanted to draft anyway. So he's plummeting down my uh, rankings. He's not someone I was ever going to draft. And I wrote about him as a faller for DLF. I think it was prescient. Um, And I wrote about Daenerys Prince as a long shot uh, in that same article. I don't know. I like uh, Daenerys Prince. I I thought about taking him in in Scott Fishbowl, but I thought Eric Gray, better chance. Only one guy has to go away instead of three. Um, But uh, Daenerys Prince is someone in your dynasty leagues I would consider. They gave him the highest guarantee to any UDFA running back. But to answer this question, not really. It's more if someone is on there that you didn't expect. Not usually. Like James uh, one, Williams being one story on the that was last year was not a surprise. What'd you say? Well, when Jamison Williams was on the pup last year to yeah, be no, in that camp, that wasn't a surprise. The problem was when he didn't play. Mm-hmm. The one the one that was funny to me was last year. Remember when J.K. Dobbins uh, attacked Ian Rapport, said he wouldn't be on the pup and he'd be starting week one? And then he was on the pup and then he didn't play. He knew the better week. than that. I mean, we knew better. Yeah. That was, that was fantastic. We'll be seeing all AT these reports. Perry is on the pub. AT Perry the, is on the pub. For the next week, we'll be seeing these reports of guys showing up and starting on the pub when they start training camp, and then within a week or so, they'll be playing. And, and if they're still on the pub in like mid-August, I'd be concerned. Yeah, or August yeah. at all. Tra- uh, preseason week one. If if we're if you're there at that point and they're not active, I mean, That's some veterans that. get touches in week one of the preseason, like. Josh Jacobs did. Huh. Yep. Maybe that's why uh, he's holding out. I think he's, yeah. I, I can't blame him for being angry. Uh, thanks for the stream. Yeah, you're welcome. Thoughts on this trade? One could be Dynasty 12, Team League. Uh, give Waddle and Pierce. I get Jefferson. I'll take Jefferson. 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 Yeah. Yeah, Jefferson. Yeah. Can someone explain the Kenny Pickett hype? I can't say I've been less inspired watching a rookie quarterback in years. His stats were awful, and people are freaking out over a few wins against bad teams. And they have Matt Canada, who admittedly said he isn't changing. He's off my board even as QB2. Um, is there a lot of Kenny Pickett hype? No, I think I he's think one so. of the more hated I actually players think I have him higher than He's most. one of the more hated players in the fantasy community, to be quite honest. People I don't, don't like Kenny hype. Pickett. No. I think I'm fine with him as a second year sleeper. Like I, I'm, I think I'm fine with him. I mean, he definitely cleaned it up towards the end of the year. And I watched some of his film in the last, you know, in the last specifically the second half of his games. He didn't look too bad. Honestly, I thought he looked better than what he did in the first half. He wasn't throwing as many interceptions. He was cleaning up the ball. His pass running went up. He was clearly a better quarterback in the second half compared to the first half uh, of the season. I mean, I think he's fine as a breakout. Look at the offensive core around him as well. I mean, you have Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Najee Harris, Pat Freemuth. Again, an upgraded offensive line this offseason. I think it's totally fair to um, to uh, say Kenny Pickett could break out in year two. But I, I don't think there's, like, hype. I don't think people are, yeah, like, ecstatic abs- about Pickett this year. There's Absolutely. Not I think, I think there's, there's there's some upside there. There's room for growth for him. He's As you said, he's got the the skill position players around him. Yeah. Um, but it's it's difficult to make that jump and to change that perception. And his his end of the year stats look worse because of the heightened interception numbers. But if you were actually were watching those games, they were coming at the very end of halves where a hail mary was thrown in the end zone. Okay, yeah. he threw the ball up and he had to make a play or try to make a play, so he didn't complete it. If the ball had dropped, you would have thought completely differently of the of the end of the week's satellite. 
Yeah. Um, let's keep things going. Um, Deshaun says, love the content, Tyler. And crew, question for the group. Contending team with a young wide receiver struggling to make move some younger assets. Any advice? Caleb, do you want to start off with this one? Yeah, yeah. So I think when you're having a contending team and you have younger wide receivers and you're trying to move for younger assets, like I guess it depends on which way you're trying to go. Like, if you're, are you trying to get younger? Are you trying to build a contending team? Um, I feel like it's it's easy to sell young players, in my personal opinion, especially if you're trying yeah. to compete. Um, especially like like we were saying, like let's say you have Drake London and you're trying to compete and you're like, hey, I want Cooper Cup. I know we just bashed on Cooper Cup 30 minutes ago in this stream, but if you could say, hey, I'll get Cooper Cup in a second for Drake London, I feel like that's some sort of small marginal Fair deal. Move. Where yeah, it's it's a fair deal. The person that's getting Drake London is probably feeling like, hey, I'm getting younger. Um, but really, over the next two seasons, Cooper Cup's most likely, I would say, just based on previous two seasons, is going to outperform Drake London. Plus, you get that little extra cherry on top. Um, and I know those are some of the same things that Tyler talks about tearing down. And if you can add that extra value on top to help on when you're trading away younger assets for more contending assets, um, I think something that I would do. Do I talk about that? It's absolutely, it's absolutely uh, easier to trade away younger assets. I mean, the you know younger assets are the things that a dynasty manager are always thirsty for. If you have the chance to you know take an older guy that you have in your roster and upgrade and upgrade it for a younger guy, people are going to try to do that. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to move away younger assets, you're going to be able to do that pretty quickly, uh, especially if you're acquiring some older ones. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, li- I like what comes in there. I think you're 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 getting into the part of the off season where as we get closer and closer to the actual season and looking at starting to set your lineups, looking at redraft rankings itself and where those points are going to actually come from. Sometimes getting that contending piece when everyone's team is healthy and everyone looks like, Oh, my team is ready to go. I'm ready to contend. And you're going to end up having to maybe overpay. So maybe just hold out for a second. Those younger guys aren't going to depreciate in value. Like, Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs are right now, um, where we're seeing that we're waiting for just that that floor to fall out on them. But those those younger guys are going to continue to grow. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm PJ glad. Kennedy says, "What's up, Tyler? What's I'm up? Glad. What's up? Infinite possibilities. One QB dynasty league. Would you trade uh, Samaj P. Ryan, a 2024 first and 2024 third round pick for wide receiver Zay Flowers?" Nope. No, no, we're not going to do that no. because uh, what's the upside yeah, no. with Zay Flowers? That he's okay. I mean, I'm, this doesn't interest me at all. We we don't do things like that. You know, Zay Flowers is tough. I mean, I mean, honestly though, I do see some upside. I mean, if the Ravens really do boost their pass attempts this year, there's going to be upside for at least one of these receivers to be really relevant. Wouldn't you agree? He does. No. He does have Lamar as his QB, so would be building a stack. I think the best case scenario is that like the other, there really is only one receiver who matters and they're like wide receiver 20. And that's not what I think is going to happen. I mean, it's very, I mean, yeah, I, I think it, I personally think this year that it could be a split again between like, you know, a few different wide receivers and then Mark Andrews, is the only true guy again, and it's going to be frustrating. I think but, Odell is going to get in the way. You think Odell is going to get, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you could, you could have a world. I mean, they spent a first round pick on Zay Flowers. You do have a realistic world here where, where Shad Bateman and OBJ just kind of 
fall out of it. Like Rashad Bateman has been injured the first two years of his career, hasn't flashed too much. OBJ coming off ACL tear, there's a reason no one signed him and he hasn't played football in two years. Like he's, I genuinely think he's washed. I don't think he's a good player anymore. I don't believe in OBJ at all. Uh, if one of these guys is going to emerge, I actually am betting on either Rashad Bateman or Zay Flowers. OBJ is not going to be that player. But uh, if one of these guys were to emerge in a Lamar Jackson pass-heavier offense, there's absolutely room for one of these guys to get in the top 20, which obviously isn't ridiculous there's upside. No way. But, there's no way. There's no way unless I, the other two I agree with you, Tyler. I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate with you, Tyler. I, there's I literally no chance. They'd have to, there would have to be injuries. There's no way. If, if all three of them are healthy and playing, it's not possible. It's literally not possible. Not with the passing yards they have. There'd have to be some sort of major, in, at least one injury, probably multiple. If they're all healthy, it's not going to happen because there's no none of these guys are elite. If you're not elite and there's target competition on a low passing volume offense, it's not going to happen. It's literally not possible. We don't know that yet, and you you can't uh, copy and paste their passing stats from that last year to so, this year. Oh, but I mean, what do you want? It's 2019 stats. I mean, it's going to be better than that. Like, I, I don't know. No, I, I'm not saying it's 2019 stats. Look at um, you want Jalen Hurts 2022. I mean, how much how much passing do you think it's going to be? I mean, look at 2021 where all the running backs are injured. They pass a lot more that year. Marquise Brown finished nearly as a top really 15 wide receiver that year. They didn't really succeed in passing that over, much, though. That was the that? problem. They didn't succeed, really. I mean, I mean, Marquise Brown was they, over 1,000 yards, top 17 two, wide receiver in fantasy. Like, they had two two guys. Not bad. That, that year was Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews, and that was it. Yeah, yes, that's, that's not the case. So, and even so yeah, I would, I would be assuming that one you need injuries. Lamar averaged need 240 injuries. passing yards a game. That's 4,080 yards over a 17 game season. If that's what you say the ceiling is, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, with Mark, like you have to have. If Mark Andrews is going to get 1,000, 1,100, 1,200 yards, the other guy has to get like everything. Like there, there's because yeah, one of these guys get, would have to emerge, which is possible. No, but it's not emerge. The other ones would have to not exist. That's the problem. It's not OBJ emerge. It's not exist. No, but OBJ won't exist very soon. It would literally OBJ have to be one. We saw it in 2019. It would have to be one wide receiver who matters, and everyone else would have to be like two, three hundred yards or less. It would have to be one who mattered. It, it, ha- it can happen, but even in Philly, it barely happened. It barely happened. It happened because. Dallas Goddard missed a few games. That helped. And then he wasn't as good as people wanted him to be. Dallas Goddard is also not Mark Andrews. Are, are is any of those wide receivers good enough to beat top corner coverage in this league? No. Definitely not, no. So how do the, what is the path to 1,100 yards? There's no path. Yards? That's what, this is what I'm telling you. There's, there is no path. I don't, that, that's why I was, I was trying to lead into that. Is, There's zero path. so difficult. There's Someone no path. To... The reason that I like Zay Flowers is that there is a path for Zay Flowers in year two to evolve by then into something that's elite enough to potentially be a difference-making receiver later. But this year, oh, in there's 20, no path. In 2021, Mark Andrews, 1361. Marquise Brown, 1,008 yards. And then Marshad Bateman, 12 games played. Was yeah, Marquise at Brown was not a rookie. Was that? Marquise Brown was not a rookie. He wasn't a rookie. And Rashad Bateman was, uh, he played 12 games. Yeah, had 515 yards. That's 45 yards a game. That's more that's than like good. 200 yards. That's more than like 200 yards that you were saying the other players have to get. 
If you say Rashad Bateman, like if you and say like if you I can go to that pace, right? Anything, I think you'd give anything to have the forty-two sixty-seven passing yards they had that year. I think you'd give anything to have that. I think that's about the best case scenario. I would project it lower. About yeah. Yeah, sir. But yeah, oh. I just like I think like if like if Zay Flowers were to truly emerge, like because here's the thing, we have no idea where Rashad Bateman is. So far, he has shown barely any flashes. He struggled with injuries. If he truly just was like a not great pick, he's going to fade out of this offense. OBJ. Yeah. The thing is, is though, tough. that year he's going to fade out of this offense very quickly. Zay Flowers could quickly be the clear cut number one wide receiver in this offense. Marcus very Brown still at 146 targets. That's a lot. So, I mean, it's a lot. I don't what? see that happening again. Right? Um, yeah. I and ninety targets isn't going to get it done. And the, so. and the thing is, I and I'm playing devil's advocate. I agree with you, Tyler. That that trade was not a good trade to make. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade all that for Zay Flowers. Well, it's a terrible trade, but it's not a good trade. No. Yeah. the The point is that this year is going to be an interesting year for the Ravens' offense, in that I think Lamar is going to be good. But it's going to be too split up. Because I do think Zay Flowers is the one you want long-term, but as a rookie, it's not going to it's not going to come in time is kind of the problem. But I, I do think eventually he's going to emerge. And then you could get to a point, probably next year, in which you have a relevant wide receiver and a relevant tight end. The problem is that as a rookie, with Rashad Bateman hanging around and Odell hanging around, it's going to be too hard. Zay Flowers is also not ready. That's the other problem with Zay Flowers. He's not ready. Well, yeah, well, Tyler, he's not ready. Is, if you're thinking he's going to have a breakout in two years from now, wouldn't you think that he has at least some flashes this year? Wouldn't you think that means his value increased from this year to the next yeah, year? Yeah, uh, possible, but... Because that's, that would be a good reason to invest in him in Dynasty in some uh, form if you get him cheap enough. No, I don't think so, because I think I'd rather uh, have whatever I get at the 2024 first that's not stuck in a low-ceiling situation. The problem is that Zay Flowers' best case scenario for his life. I'm not saying that trade. That trade's bad. I wouldn't yeah. trade a Well, that's why I don't want to invest in him at a high price because Zay Flowers' best situation yeah, not a high for his price. life yeah. is like wide receiver 15. If everything goes right, it's wide receiver 15. He can't be a wide receiver one unless no, he's no. elite talent. And we know we know he's not. We know from college he's not. He, he's not that. He's just not. I think the best, I mean, his ceiling is probably what Hollywood Brown delivered. And Hollywood Brown was pretty good. And he still wasn't much better than that. And that was with nobody else. They've, they've gotten better at doing their team building. They've gotten better. The front office, and there's no more Greg Roman. I don't think they're going to put themselves in a situation where they don't have any depth ever again. Um, just do three-year deals on running backs instead of the fifth-year option? I don't know. I mean, how are you going to have a carve-out for just one position? I think those uh, that's a great theoretical idea. I just don't know how you implement that. That's what if you did three-year rookie contracts instead of four? Just for in like general? Just across. Uh, I mean, that might be interesting. Most are four. Owner, owners won't go for it. I don't think owners would go for it either because it's really it would be it'd be really difficult for teams to manage it that way. It'd be, it makes well, I mean, if the salary difficult. cap is what it is, then it, teams are still going to spend the same no matter how you structure it. So I think there's a possibility – that the owners could go for that. Because at the end of the day, what the salary cap is, is what the salary cap is. That's what they're going to spend. It doesn't matter. It's all about it's all about how you allocate the money. So that I, I don't see why the owners might not go for that. But I, I think, think it's, it's, it's... No, when you, the do the, you do a three-year rookie it's, contract... It's not the owners who won't go for that. Know. The players themselves won't go for that. Because remember, the union 
And the NFLPA is the worst run union in, in on planet Earth. It is the worst, last, the worst, most incompetent run union on planet Earth. The problem is that it's based on the whims of current players, which don't last that long. So they always sell out the future players, and that's why the owners always win. So it's also incompetently run for many other reasons, uh, which we don't have time to get into because I could do a two-hour show just on that. Mm -hmm. But regardless, I will say that I don't expect this to happen. No. Great idea, though. I I think the main thing I would say, if there's going to be a running back-specific carve-out, it should be. I've heard Mike Florio say this. uh, Rich Eisen said something like this. A lot of other people have said it. The thing with running back is the production – People are just not going to pay for the future production. Fine. So you have a carve-out so they're paid for the production early in their careers, and you do that somehow. You pay them for production that they actually have. So then they're being compensated, but only if, early in their careers, they're being compensated more, but only if they actually deliver. That might be something everyone could agree on because then you're paying for something. If it happens, you're getting a little more compensation earlier in the career to make up for the lack of free agency contracts later. Maybe that could work. I don't know. That was something that I've heard bandied about a lot. I think it's a good idea. To that, to a little cosmetic fix to the problem, even if it's not a big system-wide fix. Would yeah. you trade Train Lance and Keontae Ingram for Isaiah Pacheco in one QB? Yeah, I think so. Isaiah Pacheco is the only thing I really want here. In a one yeah, QB, I would. So. Yeah. I guess so. I don't really want Isaiah Pacheco. I no. try to move him after making this trade. I'm worried about Isaiah Pacheco. If he's not healthy, there's nothing stopping Kansas City from signing Leonard Fournette or Ezekiel Elliott. No, I mean, those are. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott could step right into Isaiah Pacheco's role. Plotter. Yeah. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco's not a plotter, but like someone who doesn't deliver in the passing game, Ezekiel Elliott could step right in. So, I don't know. Absolutely. I'm not interested in Isaiah Pacheco, but he's worth the most here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Flowers. I I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's bad. I wish he had gone to a different team. Yeah. Where the it, ceiling it was, was a little higher. Yeah. Not great. Like, not you the greatest spot. Not, he's not elite. So players who are not elite. And he's not, he doesn't have an elite profile. He wasn't elite in college. I don't think he has anything about him that's elite. So the problem is if you're not elite and you don't go to an elite situation, it's tough to be elite for fantasy. You usually either need to be elite yourself or be – what's a good example? of someone who's like really, you know, who's really good, but the, uh, situation. Yeah. Like, Oh man. uh, T Higgins, T Higgins a lot better. If T Higgins were on another team, I don't think we'd be talking about him. Like, but because he's on the Bengals in the, uh, in, in that elite offense, he's being, Mm -hmm. you know, held up. Quentin Johnston might benefit from this. He's on a really good team. I don't know if he himself is going to be elite. But he could get there. I mean, other player. I mean, Mike Williams has had stretches. Keenan Allen, um, late in his career, I'm not sure would have held up if Justin Herbert was not the quarterback. Yeah. He, he hasn't been elite lately, but he held up because he was in a good offense. Um, so, you know, there have been good examples of players who are vaulted up. I'm not sure that Debo Samuel would have been as successful on any other team. No, no, no. But he landed no, no. on the one not. that best utilized his skills. Um, I got to hear it to start this season. Tyler, who is going to be a failure this year that most people like? Mm. 
Uh, well, if we look at my redraft ranks, does Mike Evans count? I don't think people I mean, like him. People are very people low like on him. him. People are yeah, very. I, mean, low. I have him at forty, but I think people have him in the thirties. So I like I'm lower, but yeah, people, people don't like low. him. I like drafting um, him at forty, though. I think I'm good. I'd rather draft like anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not. Much, I'm not. I think it. Mike Evans. Oh, I got one. I got mine. Uh, Calvin Ridley. No. Uh, I don't think Calvin Ridley is gonna be that bad, though. I mean, I guess people really like Calvin Ridley, and I'm just out. People are too I'm high not interested. I mean, they're drafting people are like way. Too, it's just way too like. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm fine taking the risk if he was like wide receiver 24 ish in ADP, but he's not bad. He's like, what? I have him at 25. Yeah, if he was around there, I'd be fine taking that risk. That's totally cool. But he's like wide receiver 16 to 18 in ADP. Yeah. And that I think 25 play. encompasses his range of outcomes pretty well, which is like 10 to 40. Yeah, exactly. is if you draft him at 15, because you're not getting. High end upside, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're not, not getting, you're taking the risk for you're, no reason. You're, when you draft in there, you're assuming that everything's okay and that he's good yeah. to go. Like, you just it's just not, and the separation between him and Kirk especially is just ridiculous. I would much rather have Kirk a hedge ADP. It's not even close. Like, I'm almost to the point where I'd, I'm, I'm almost at the point where I'd rather have Kirk straight up over Ridley. I have Ridley higher in redraft now because it seems like he's healthy. It's close. Like, it's totally, it's totally fair. Integrating into the offense. We haven't but, heard a lot of Kirk hype, to be honest. We really haven't. We've heard a lot of Ridley hype out of the Jaguars themselves. Not a lot of Kirk hype. Yeah, what they so got to do. No, they, they could hype whoever. They, I mean, they paid Kirk $20 million. They could hype him if they wanted, but they're yeah, not. They they're not. They're, they're not. We're hearing more about Ridley. So in redraft, I have made the switch, but I still don't have Ridley at – I have Kirk at 27 and Ridley at 25. I, yeah, before, I think I had – when I started my rankings, I think I had Kirk at 24 and Ridley at 28. So not much has changed. Yeah. It's I'm a, never, it's go, I'm never going to have it where the ADP is, which is Ridley at 18 and Kirk at 32, because that's just not that's just no. not reality. It's not. That could be fluff, but don't sleep on Tank. I think Tank is good, but I think ETN is better. Yeah, ETN's better. So player. I think ETN's better. That's the thing. I don't think Tank is bad, though. I think Tank, if ETN were injured, Tank would step in and he'd be good, and he might not give the job back. You know how that works with running backs. When you take the job, you don't necessarily come back to your job. So if ETN gets an injury, maybe, which could happen to any running back, ETN was injured before, Tank is a good handcuff, but I also think he'll, he'll yeah. see touches. We're talking about someone who's going to play yeah, and is also a handcuff. So I like that. He could be like a low-end flex in, in your tougher weeks and then a handcuff as well. So those are the kind of players I like. Yeah, Pup means nothing for now. They changed yeah. a lot of the rules about Puff. Florosaurus is right about this. A lot of the rules about Puff changed during the COVID uh, situation. So, yes, it means nothing for now. Kendrick Miller especially. Isaiah Pacheco means something to me, though. He wasn't supposed to be on Puff. Uh, he was supposed to be healthy. He was supposed to be healthy. He, I, didn't, I, I didn't think that these injuries from seven months ago, minor injuries, were still going to be a problem. So that is something that's a change. Kendrick Miller, I should have remembered. I think I had this in my mind and then I just kind of forgot about it. My bad. Matt Canada is terrible. Yeah, that we know. <laughs> Javante and Rashad White or Saquon. All right. I'll, I'll take Saquon here because I don't, these players I'm worried are, have their own problems. I have my own issues with these two. I'll take Saquon. Yeah. That's fair. I guess. I yeah. have to. 
Because you did take Rashad White in 24 first for well, Saquon. 24 so first is much better. Than is much better players. than Javante. Yeah. You know, I was writing an article for DLF today. I'm writing about the Jets. I'm writing about Brees Hall. I mm-hmm. see a trade. This one sounds good. Uh, these two players, Rashad White and Javante Williams, for a Brees Hall. What about that? That sounds, well, that sounds a little obscene, right? I mean, you would think it's not good. It's not good for whoever. And if this one was done yesterday. Not good. It goes to show that there are still dumb people out there. They still exist. Still Still send out those trade offers. They still exist. There are dumb people in every league. They still exist. I promise you. I promise you. I suggest, you know, if you think you're one of those people, I'll fix you. I'll fix you right here. I'll tell you. I don't care. I don't care. I mean, I, you know, I, I always say Twitter if you want. I was one of those dumb people today. Uh, Twitter did. Yeah, Twitter I don't did. think you were that dumb. I've seen worse. Uh, Javante yeah. and Rashad White for Brees Hall is much worse than your trade. Oh, my goodness. And it's actually Brees Hall and Jalen Warren. It's even worse. There was more. Something needed to be added to Brees Hall for some reason. Jalen Warren? That's, that's not a piece you just I know. throw away. I know. So something needed to be added. To That's a real piece. Whatever reason, yeah. Real, real piece. That, that was that was insane. not good. Um, but yes, there are dumb people in every league. If you're if you're the dumb person, I'll help it. I'll help you on the Patreon. I, you know, I don't care. Um, I don't. I always say, if you want help with and your if you feelings, can't go find to a dumb person, it might be you. That's very true. <laughs> that poker metaphor right there. Yeah. But yeah, I, I always say, if you want help with your feelings, go to therapy. Uh, I recommend therapy. It's really great. But uh, that's not my job. I'm here to help you win. Mm-hmm. 60 catches for Jordan Addison. I'll take over. Over. I'll take. He's going over that this year. Just he I think he might hit a thousand this year. I'll take I 55 to right 58 now. catches if he's healthy. Well, okay. If I have him at wide receiver 38, do you think I'm saying oh? If what does that ranking imply? Over or under? Probably. I think that would imply under actually. Uh, that's implying that it's a good line. I think. 38. It's. Mm, I mean, who was the wide receiver 38 last year? You know, let's, we should look that up. Yeah, we should probably do yeah. that. That'd be smart. Yeah. Who was the wide receiver 38 last year in PPR? It was like. Who was in that range last let's year? Let's see. 38 was. Tipo <laughs> Samuel. Um, but he's, he's oh. a weird one. Yeah, he's a weird one. You can't count on him. So, in that range, there's some people who were over, some people who were under. Christian Watson was under, Gabe Davis was under, but Joshua Palmer's in there and he's way over. So, uh, yeah. Oh, hi. Yo, I didn't know you were coming on. Yeah. Did you tell me? A little late. I've been really bad at answering text messages recently. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't ghost anyone on Tinder. Okay. Sounds like a personal experience, but. For me, I've never ghosted yeah. anyone. Um, OBJ won't last. Uh, by the dip on Bateman. OBJ's dust. OBJ. Dust. Oh. Oh. There goes Caleb. Just in time. <laughs> by the way, we, we love Caleb. He had to For go. Sure. I think. Oh. Uh, not sure why. Um, he had to go. Yes. Uh. OBJ won't last. Oh, I agree with that. But it's not saying by the dip on Bateman to me. I just, flowers I like long term. Agreed, yeah. Yeah, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that I wanted to draft away McBride because he was just picked like a 
second after I said that. So maybe someone was listening to They're the show. Always listening. I know. Listening, They're always listening, including uh, Big Tech. Big Tech. I noticed the pattern. I was talking, and this, oh, conspiracy theory. Get your tinfoil hat out, everyone. Uh -oh. I was talking. It was very interesting. I was talking about uh, diesel fuel. Yes. <laughs> diesel fuel. And then I'm talking about diesel fuel. I, no, but I noticed. I noticed on my phone. I open up Facebook. Diesel-powered vehicle. First advertisement. Diesel-powered vehicle comes they listening, up. man? Every yes, conversation you have, they listen. I don't they even listen, drive man. a vehicle. I'm from New York City. I don't have a car. I, I Diesel-powered vehicle. I tagged you in a diesel meme. Oh, I know. I saw it. <laughs> and this that started before it. that. This was before, before that. that. A diesel vehicle. <laughs> so Facebook is listening. That's good, man. Yeah, they do. They listen. Yeah, they listen to everything. Do you have your driver's license? I do. <laughs> you do. Which is genuinely terrifying, by the way. <laughs> Especially in New York. The fact dude, that I can drive a car is very scary. I don't know anything about that. But I do know that I've learned this year. This year I learned that diesel fuel can be put in a car. I didn't know that. I thought I put it was in my car like every few weeks, man. It's awesome. Some cars. It's great. I thought it went in a well, rocket. Only ship. some, yo, Tyler, only some, only cars, some cars, right? Oh, only some cars. I thought it went in all cars. Oh, now no, no, no. Tyler, Tyler, here's new? the thing. Tyler, oh, Tyler please don't, Tyler. don't put it. Tyler, so here's the don't thing. There this. are cars. So, Tyler, Tyler, here's the thing. There are cars that are meant for different types of fuel. There's cars that are meant for regular fuel. There are cars that are meant for diesel fuel. If it's you swap them, if you swap them, you destroy your car. It's over. Like, your car's total. It's over. You cannot diesel. drive a regular car with diesel fuel. You cannot drive diesel fuel. I thought diesel you could fuel. drive the car. I don't, I no, you. I don't understand the science. I'm not I a rocket okay. scientist. I, I, I got the science. Oil off the stove. Oh, he's got the science. And then you put it oh, in the got got the, got the science. So Go diesel fuel is a little bit thicker. And so when it works its way through your engine, um, it can gunk things up and cause later usage of it if it's not designed for diesel fuel to get caught up and to then not work properly. Why can't they just make all fuel the same? I I don't know. That sounds Probably. overly complicated. It's why do we have different shaped easy. outlets in different countries? That also sounds very complicated. That was capitalism. Elaborate. <laughs> capitalism. Unneeded. <laughs> okay. I dropped Unneeded plenty elaboration. of gray and generic prints late. Well, to anyone from Scott Fishbowl who's listening, I'm not interested. Do not draft Daenerys Prince. I think he's actually very bad. I think he's very bad. I, I really dislike him. So I, I wouldn't recommend drafting him in this year's Scott Fishbowl. At maybe in a week you could draft him. Then maybe. But I'm not interested in him. I actually think he's very untalented. So don't draft him. Uh, save him for me. I, I would like – I think I need a handicap by having less talented players on my team. So make sure to avoid drafting him over the next uh, few picks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, this is good stuff. I appreciate that. Uh, it's so weird. I, I never know what's good and what's bad on YouTube anymore. But thank you. You're not great. Tyler will call you a failure quick. Yes. I yeah. do that. Um, I'm apparently the mean one in the Dynasty community. That's okay. I'm, I'm much nicer on here than I am in my real life. Although Hutch apparently doesn't think so. Um, no, Tyler. I mean, Tyler, definitely, like, I've seen you, like, obliterate people on Twitter. But 
in person, you were very nice to interact with and talk to, and it was really, it was really. Well, fun. yeah, because you didn't make me mad. <laughs> Not uh, many people made you mad. No. Oh yeah, no one made me mad at the event. No, no one uh, made you mad. Although, people could definitely drink a little less. Dude, I will say I that was, I, I won't mention the name, of course, but I was talking. Oh, you think I remember who it was? No, I just don't want to shout. That would be that wouldn't be nice. Shut them out. That'd yeah. be that'd be not fun. Oh, there we go. Um, but yeah, there was a there were there were a couple of people who were like having trouble trouble walking and <laughs> couldn't yeah. shake their hand. Uh, I just say like, that. Oh my goodness. I just brutal. say that like at these kind of things, you know, it's your chance to like make an impression. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that is maybe not the impression it's I would want. Bad to way, but that, that's just my oh, hey. my opinion on that. Is it? Hey, it's all right. Sometimes you get carried away, have fun, but you know, yeah. whatever. It's yeah, it's, it's not something I'll do. Oh, this is a good question. I mean, I can't even Can if I, I want to. I can't. Just because something's not legal doesn't mean that you can't. Um, <laughs> you know, I always say that uh, it's you know there there are a lot of things. Laws are very very stupid sometimes, but. <laughs> That's a whole story for another day. Mm-hmm. I always say, um, I always found drinking to be much less cool after I turned 21. Um, then I didn't want to do it anymore because it lost all its appeal. Uh, but this is my take on the matter. Yeah, there was what a, do I know? There was always a saying. I, there was always a saying I heard that everything. It was on this like I think it was this TV show my little brothers loved to watch. It was it was called uh, it was this cartoon. It was called Gravity Falls. You guys Never know that show? It. No, that's, it's, that's it was actually. Right. It was a really good, yeah. It's a newer, it was a newish show. It's a really good show. Uh, I suggest like for kids, it's a, it's a great show. But um, one of the one of the people, one of the characters in the show said, "Everything is legal when the cops aren't looking." And I was like, "That is the best quote I've ever <laughs> That's heard." That's so funny. I love that. That is, that is the best quote I've ever heard. I was like, "This is so true." Yeah, this so-, <laughs> so true. This is so true. Oh no! All right, their deepest sleeper, dark horse player. Ooh, I'm scrolling. I'm well, scrolling. I will say, you know what? I- hold up. Rashid gonna... Shahid, I don't know if he counts as a dark horse, but I do think there's a universe in which Rashid Shahid is relevant. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Derek Carr has been able to produce some good fancy watches. I mean, Eric Gray, back, who but... I just picked, I think, for obvious <laughs> reasons. Zamir White. Um, oh, yeah. Zamir White, if uh, Josh Jacobs decides not to appear. Is he suddenly going to be okay? I've got, I've got one that's not no. like – I've got one here that's not like, you know, it's a dark horse to be relevant. I think this is a dark horse. I think he's a dark horse MVP candidate, a dark horse to really just take a huge jump. He's on his last year of his contract, and his team, since they've drafted Justin Jefferson, have increased in pass attempts every single year. They added another first-round wide receiver this offseason, and they lost their big-time running back and did not replace him. I think that this Vikings team is about to take a massive step in pass attempts, have a huge pass this season, potentially lead the league in pass attempts, I think Kirk Cousins is ready to go off this year, and I think he could finish the top five fantasy quarterback, even though he doesn't run the football. He finished I, the quarterback six last year with a good amount of pass attempts. I think there could be more pass attempts this year. They got more weapons this year, a full year of Hawkinson. I'm the points per game, he wasn't six, though. Points per game, he wasn't six. But I think that where he's going in drafts is a massive value. He could be someone that's a league winner this year. I know he's not a runner, and we, we want runners, but – he is somebody that if I miss out on one of the top quarterbacks, he's somebody that I really like to draft. I'm he's really fine. excited for him this year. He's fine. I, I'm i not that excited by Kirk Cousins, but this is the highest I've had him in a while. And six-point uh, passing touchdowns, I have him at quarterback 12. I think it's yeah. the highest I've ranked Kirk Cousins in many years in redraft. I think I've got so, him at like nine or ten. I, the thing is that I but just – I think he has a chance. I think with – 
I think you get like the I running quarterbacks are just so much. Well, I'm picturing Tom Brady when he had that massive year with Tampa Bay in his first year, but that's what that's kind of I, I just don't see he's not Tom Brady level talent, of course, but that's I, the kind of the image I'm picturing where it's just insane. I mean, their defense is horrible too. It's horrible. I, like, I don't see him as having this the, the come from behind prowess. We saw what happened last year against the Eagles when he was behind and felt like he had to throw up throw it up every single throw. And how many picks did he throw back to back to back? I I also do yeah. notice when he faces good defenses, he kind of folds. A little bit sometimes, yeah, he does. So he, and that's he's what I think is going to Must win situation. I I that's where I struggle with the MVP. I think he's going to be great for fantasy. He's going to probably outdo his ADP. Um, cheap QB two in dynasty um, for your super flex spot. Um, definitely something I want for a contender, but I don't know if I can get behind the. Fantasy MVP type yeah, season. I don't, that I don't say. Um, but I, like I said, I do think his weapons were improved, so I have him higher than I did last year. I, I, yeah, I, you're, I do you're laugh. above consensus on him. Consensus still is around like QB 15, 16, and ADP. Too low. Yeah, I think that's too low. It's, it's too low. He should be he should be drafted as a QB 1. Over the last like three seasons, his dynasty value has like stayed completely consistent despite outperforming that in yearly finishes and points per game finishes each of the last three years. It's because when had, you're older, has, if you do really well, you maintain your value. The the oh, yeah, he well, definitely, but he just he just never it never caught up to where it actually should have been. The community was always too low on him, and then by the yeah. time he's gonna be like Brandon Cooks is, where by the time the community finally reaches a good spot on Brandon Cooks, where they're actually accurate on him, they're gonna overshoot it, and he's gonna be way overrated. Now, and remember, guys, this is a final where- year. Kirk Cousins' contract, like this, is the type of year where he always goes off and just has a massive. They can season. extend. They can extend him three more times. Yes. <laughs> um, I will say quarterbacks are all overvalued in the latest Superflex ADP. I mean, we've gotten, we've yeah. gotten to a ridiculous. Like, yes, I understand going for quarterbacks because they're, you know, the other positions not that valued. But we've gotten to a point where Jordan Love is 39th overall. It's so dumb. Well, quarterback 17. That is obscene. Like that is ridiculous. That makes no sense. Like, why? What did he do? Yeah, 39th overall. So Jordan Love in Superflex is going ahead of DK Metcalf, JSN. I have him at 99th overall. Yeah, why? No, I have him in the 60s, but like... No, I'm good. Kirk Cousins is right on on spot, though. I have him... He's quarterback 18 in the uh, overall ranks, and 42nd, I have him... Quarterback 17 and 43rd overall. So his value in Dynasty, an old guy that I don't hate. <laughs> so they do exist. Oh. Yeah. Um, is JSN elite? Uh, considering that in his one college season, he vastly outproduced Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, both of whom are either very good or elite. Um, I would say yes. <laughs> I would say yes. It's hard he's to say that. He, yeah. he's a, I mean, he's, he's elite. a he has elite talent. Player. I've learned this lesson. The college production is the most important. And it's not consistency. It's the peak is better. It's better to have a higher peak and less consistency than not have the higher peak. So JSN is leaving. Yeah. Yeah, What players would you... Be looking to trade AJ Brown for on a rebuild. Will I get more value trading him during the season? You might and you might not. I don't think you have a problem getting value for AJ Brown. Okay. No. Like I don't think that's gonna be an issue. No. So I'm fine trading him now. 
and as for what to target, um, I mean, I think the first thing I would do is look at like Drake London and a 2024 first. That's that's the first thing I would recommend because I think that's the most you're gonna get. I don't think so, you're gonna get more that, than that. That feels like eh, pie in the sky. Like yeah, it feels like it feels a little bit up there, honestly. Yeah, Ooh. but I think that's I think that's the most you're gonna get. I don't think you're gonna get more than that. Really? Yeah, well, what else? What are you gonna get that's more? I mean, he, I mean, he's a top five dynasty receiver. It's like sure, but I don't I think like, you're gonna I get. I don't want to trade Andrew Brown away unless I'm like, whoa, this is an unbelievable offer. I don't want to trade Andrew Brown away unless <laughs> I see that feel like offer. Drake London in the first to make me go whoa. Yeah, I'm a little bit lower on the drink London than possibly you guys are. I'm a little lower I'm on, high on drink London. Yeah, I'm a little JSN, lower. JSN a first and a second. I'd take that uh, too. For AJ Brown? Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. I think yeah, I, I think I'd take that. I think, I think the, we're gonna look question, back. What if the twenty five what if it's a twenty twenty five first instead of twenty twenty four first? No. I know. But no. no. I think we're going to look back, though. Forgetting about all these offers. Let's just talk about A.J. Brown specifically. I think we're going to look back at this time next year, and A.J. Brown's not going to be worth what he's worth now. Because I don't think A.J. Brown's going to finish in the top five this year. And if he doesn't finish in the top five this year, then he's going to be – next offseason he's going to turn 27. Yeah, if he didn't finish in the top five this year, he's not going to be dynasty wide receiver four next year. He's just not. Probably not, yeah. I think he's going to be – that's why I have C.D. Lamb kind of a little tier above him. You guys like because he just has yeah. the age on his side, and I have C.D. Lamb higher in redraft. I think C.D. Lamb belongs closer to Jamar Chase and Jefferson Jefferson than A.J. Brown, Jalen Wall. Funny, I actually Wolf have C.D. Lamb teams. closer to A.J. Brown, but that's because yeah. Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase are so far ahead that it doesn't even. Yes, they are. Okay. They are insane. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Okay. I just think A.J. Brown. I mean. I've there, seen them ranked in the first round of a dynasty startup. And if you told me that AJ Brown was not a first round startup pick in what even let's say one QB uh, or a second round startup pick in Superflex this time next year, I would not be surprised. Because right now I have Brees Hall in Superflex at 24. If you told me next year that Brees Hall oh. was worth more than AJ Brown, I wouldn't be surprised. AJ Brown at 13 in Superflex. I have Drake London at 14 in one QB, Devonta Smith at 15, AJ Brown at five. I mean, if you told me Drake London was worth more than AJ Brown this time next year, I wouldn't be stunned. So AJ Brown is someone in a rebuild that I would be definitely someone I would capitalize on. He's not someone I'd keep. I would, this is the most he's ever going to be worth. It's fair. Not that he's bad, but I think, I think last year was his, was great. And I think, I don't think he's going to be better this year. That's fair. Got offered tank and a 25 second for Breeze. Oh, during the show, uh, I got a ridiculous offer too. I got offered, um, I, I was looking at my phone. I just like in complete shock. I offered Damien. It was like, it was a text saying, what are you looking for for DJ Moore? Is he on the trade block? And I didn't reply. Um, I, I just, I was, we were on the show. I didn't reply. And then he offered me, I mean, this guy has been, I, I don't know. I've seen his offers. It's ridiculous what he offers me, but it was Damien Harris. It was Judas Smith-Schuster and a 2026 third-round pick Gross. for DJ Moore, and I was like, "What even is this?" You you know he weighed that weighed that trade offer in his head, and he was like, "Do I have to send the 2026 third?" 
He's like, fine, Seriously, I'm going to give Hutch a bone here and give him the 2026 third. It's like, <laughs> so ridiculous. Like, what the heck even is that? <laughs> I don't want to be mean, but uh, I can't listen to CBS's new dynasty show. Uh, what is CBS's new dynasty show? Do they have a new dynasty show? No idea. I, I got to be know. honest with you. I've, I've never, never uh, listened to anything CBS, honestly. I've never listened to CBS. The, the most show. I get is like the five minutes on Sunday mornings before the one o'clock kickoff starts. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. I don't, I don't watch yeah, anything. I, I can't comment on whether it's good or bad. I mean, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't care. I'll step into hot water and criticize other people's shows. Usually not by name. I usually don't go in and say someone's show is bad. I will say general commentary about dynasty shows. I don't have a problem. I do think that most dynasty shows are not great. I mean, they're not great because they have an emphasis on when people ask questions or when they contribute to the show, they're, the hosts, their answers, a little too much lean toward being nice and not actually providing actionable advice. I think that there's a lot of shows that are not entertaining and are too nice. So it's not actionable and it's not entertaining. So kind of what's the point? It's like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yes. I could see your side of the trade. But also the other side, yeah, that sounds good. I could see it both ways. It's not, that's not fun. <laughs> Nor actionable. So why do it? Why do it if that's the show? What, is, what does that provide to the audience? It's not fun. Nothing, yeah. Not entertaining. Doesn't help anyone. Don't, some of those shows are very widely listened to. I have no idea why. But, you know, just say, if you're going to do shows, have an opinion. My recommendation to future content creators, don't worry about trying to make everyone happy. You'll never do that. You'll never do that. Just have an opinion. If someone listens to the show, they should know what you think about this. Like, for example, this question. Do I think Corey Davis can do anything with Aaron Rodgers? No, no I don't. <laughs> I don't. Corey not. Davis is washed. He's done. There you go. You know my you now one sentence. You know my opinion on Corey Davis. Remember the hype. What would be a bad answer? The hype. He got he got such a nice contract, man. What would be a bad answer would be well, well, it's a possibility. You know, anything is possible. Well, he was talented at some point. Oh, you know, it could happen. I wouldn't rule it out. That both things are true. He was talented at one point, but still, he was. Yeah, you don't, you don't become a top five pick for nothing. He's dropping. Yeah, though. Here's, here's your here's your actionable advice: send out a shotgun trade to everyone in your league for a 2025 third round pick. Oh no! How about a 2026 fifth? I think that's more reasonable. Let's start I don't there. think you're gonna get a third. Really someone someone will will send a someone out there will send a uh, wow. Words, they'll send an offer back, and then you accept that, whatever it is, whether it's a fourth round pick or a fifth round yep, pick. Whatever it is. Did you just snap your fingers in a Z formation? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to words. think. You gotta get the words. What's the word? Uh, when they re respond to your trade offer with a counter, thank you. What is going on here? I All right, my arms up. I'm not having a stroke, I'm good. <laughs> it took me way too long to find the word counter. 
Wow. Okay. I think it's time to end the show. I don't think so. We didn't do any of the show sheet. Oops. <laughs> What's the worst offer you have received? What's your strategy for? I gotta look through the inbox. Oh, I have so many. Uh, uh, that one I just received. Oh, hold on. I gotta look through this. Like this guy. Go back to that me. for a second. Just to touch on a few uh, of the show topic that we didn't talk about until an hour and 40 minutes in. I will say some dynasty fallers. Michael Pittman already falling because people are realizing that Anthony Richardson is not going to support a, any sort of high-end receiver at all. Don't so he's it. someone who's going to fall. I think his dynasty ADP is more going to match what his redraft value is as we get closer. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco was on the list because of the injury, and now I think he's going to fall because the injury seems even worse. Uh, Samaj B. Ryan. Uh, it looks like Javante Williams is uh, looking a little bit better, which is not going to help. And also, I have heard a little birdie has told me that uh, the Denver Broncos might be interested in some free agency running backs. So I don't know about Samaj Piran. Ramondre Stevenson with Dalvin Cook potentially going there. That's a good one. Uh, Deontay Johnson, I didn't put that on the sheet, and I'm not sure why that's the case because I don't agree with that one. I actually think his dynasty value is going to go up as it's already going up as people are raising him in redraft as they're realizing that the volume is going to be there. Um, David Montgomery, his dynasty price is way too high. So it needs to come down. Uh, but that's just because he's overvalued. I'm not sure there's going to be an event that occurs between now and then, but Why he's overvalued. Like it's going to be, it's gonna be a training camp. Training camp hype you is like going to bring down Montgomery. You don't like Montgomery? Yeah, I, actually, I think he's interesting this year. Well, his dynasty price is just too high. Yeah. Multiple rounds too high. Like he's 85th overall in one QB. I mean, he's still like running back 30 in dynasty. I mean, that's not, considering he's 26 and is the back end of a committee, it's just not not a reasonable price. He's just too expensive. Yeah, if David Montgomery high. were cheap, then I actually would like him, but he's not. That That's the problem. Is his, his price is just wrong. So I kind of agree with it from that perspective. Roshan Johnson is a great one. When people realize he's going to be RB3 week one, and I'm surprised that that has not been realized yet. I picked Deonta Foreman and Scott Fishwell. I'm not really in on him. I'm a Khalil Herbert person, but I'm not a Roshan Johnson person. No, Roshan Johnson's nothing. So, yeah, I, I, I have Deonta Foreman second in redraft and Roshan last. I would shout out for a play that could fall this year a lot. I mean, he's already like he's already been a player that's been consistently undervalued in fantasy football, but. I think that there is a lot of value to be lost this year in Tyler Lockett, who, like, you know, they the first-round pick, Jacks with the Jigba, if he has a nice breakout season this year or has a really nice year, especially towards the second half, if he really has a nice hot stretch, Tyler Lockett quickly... Bro, what's that? That that fall is not... So we're talking about falling before the season starts. I agree with you. Oh, before the I season think, starts. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, I sorry. Think before that fall, the season. Okay. That's not going to happen before the season starts. No, that, that won't be the first thing. Sorry. Before I the do season. think, though, separate topic. It's a good point. Separate topic. I think Tyler Lockett, all the value. It's not like most veterans. You want to wait until in season. With Tyler Lockett, you don't want to see it because I think once yeah, you, you get to week to. one, Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be a lot more involved than people want to believe. Mm-hmm. And I think Tyler Lockett's going to lose a significant amount of value just from week one. So he's yes. one you don't want to see it. I would I would just get out while you can because we're already starting to move to redraft season. People are ranking Tyler Lockett in the top 20 for no reason. He's not going to finish there this year. Uh, they're saying, think- oh, it's always been the same. Oh, it's always been the same. Well, this year it's not the same. This year they added another. This is the first year they've actually added to the wide receiver core significantly. They didn't do that in 2020. They didn't do that in 2021. They didn't do that in 2022. This year they did. 
they did add something very significant, someone elite. So it's going to change. So that's that's why people are not factoring that in enough. Yeah, Tyler Lockett. Yeah, yeah. But before for someone before the season, I know. I mean, I Roshan actually, is a good one. Roshan's a great on one. Yeah, great one. I don't believe this will. Ha- I don't know if you mentioned his name. I sorry, you went through the names kind of quickly. I would shout out Samaji P Ryan actually. Yeah, I said and that. Yeah. You you said Samaji. Okay, yeah. It's true. yeah I, I don't know how much he's going to fall though. I just do think there's a risk that. People are hoping for the nuts scenario where Javante so Williams isn't much ready. Javante hype. And, so much of it. and they don't sign a free agent. I think that's not going to happen. I think either Javante is going to be ready or they're going to sign Javante a free agent, agent to replace him. Yes. So I'm a little souring on the idea that Samaj P. Ryan is going to get the role. I think you'd actually rather have Javante healthy than have the free agent signed. I think you're better off in that case. Because hmm. then you can get a handcuff um, role early on. Roshan Johnson is going to be the biggest faller. I see him as a disaster. Yeah, he's yeah no, he uh, he's a complete and utter disaster. Oh, um, I, found it. I found the answer to that question. I found oh, what's it. the answer? I was offered Tyree Kill for Jamar Chase and two first round picks. Wait. <laughs> Why? Wait, wait, wait. I I have I have one as well. Um, I was offered. I have to pull it back up again because I I, 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 I was going through. I found it. It was. What the crap? Where is this trade? I know I had it up, and then I lost it. Now I'm sad. Oh, here it is. It was Juice Smith Schuster, a 2024 second and a 2025 second for DJ Moore. <laughs> that is so bad. But that first so, one that I read earlier was easily the worst. Yeah. So Damian I, Harris, Damian Harris, a third, and Juice Smith Schuster for DJ Moore is unbelievable. There is a certain type of trade that I've seen a few times. I completed one uh, last offseason. I just saw two more versions of it of that same type of trade um, in a Facebook group where you trade a promising tight end. So I traded Mike Gesicki for a 2024 first. Wait. That was before the 2022 season. Ooh, wow. Mike Gesicki is now falling off the face of the earth. It's worth nothing. And I'm sitting there with the 2024 first. I saw a similar one where someone traded Darren Waller for a 2025 first and a 2025 second. Ooh. Those are the types of trades. These these Damn. tight ends who are getting ready to change teams, moving things around, that have this promise of being a, a top 12 tight end and maybe getting into like the top six area. And I feel like you can exploit that by wait, waiting and being patient for a year. Yeah. Um, seen it worse in a few. Just yeah, seen it in a few different ways. Yep. And these were things that were initiated by the people wanting those tight ends. People want those tight ends that aren't going to hold value, that are maybe playing on a franchise tag. You probably could have gotten the same deal for Evan Ingram two and a half years ago. And you would have said, all right, this was worth it. And Ingram's even turned his career around and gotten this big contract. So look at some of your tight ends in the tight end 8 to 10 range. Um, who do we got? Thinking turning George George Kittle into a 2025 I would love to get out. From I've seen, I've seen plenty. Off. I've seen, a, I've seen a couple offers thrown out where it's 2024 first for George Kittle. 
Um, uh, the, 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 there's the hype yeah. around David and Joku this year. That's a good is one David and Joku ever going to be worth more than a 2025 first? No, no. Um, but you might be able to get it from a team that's one, desperate two. tight end. I'd try it. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I don't think you get that though. There's nothing to lose. Also, if you want um, to see some episodes where I talk about short episodes where I talk about selling people, I have a lot of shorts on the channel. Greg Dulcich. It's a good way about, to check I mean, it out. I kind of do like Greg. I kind of do like Greg Dulcich. He's a good athlete. He's someone who can make plays down the field. But if this offense is again not great, he's not going to be able to do anything. Like he's not going to be able to take a step. I'm fine with him. I drafted I'm, him I'm in okay Scottish. I think he's actually has a decent chance because yeah he's one of those i mean i like jerry players. judy but the other i mean i don't like jerry judy that much but the other wide receivers uh kind of sketchy on so it's possible yeah but if you can get a first one who breaks out well, i'd love to get a first but yeah, i don't if you can get like a, something I don't like think that. that's gonna happen i don't think that'll happen i think either. people are sour on greg dulcich because he didn't finish the season i think if he had made a difference in the fantasy playoffs he'd be worth a lot more but because he didn't and he was injured for those games i think his value is is actually kind of a at a value, but also that means that no one's giving up a first for him. Yeah. If he if he punctuated his rookie season by delivering in the fantasy playoffs, I think he'd be worth like two or three rounds more. But he didn't. Um, I mean, you brought it up with Darren Waller earlier. Would people give up a first for Waller again? I don't think Some people would, but I think we're yep. mostly at the point in Dynasty where most people that. are smart enough not to do that. But yeah. I think there's a few. I, I did just work. see it happen a couple times this week, Ooh. so I, I think that yeah. is a possibility. Yeah, and I, I'm I okay with going adding something that. else on top of Waller to get that first. I'm fine. Yeah, with happy with that. Uh, I'm gradually what? sliding Waller up my rankings, but for someone that old, he's not gonna get that far. Yeah, he's my he's, 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 he's the best he's target on the Giants. He's sliding up my rankings not because he's been good, but because everyone else on the Giants is falling Fresh. apart. Yeah. Well, Wandale not appearing at all and Jalen Hyatt being so far behind schedule really means that this year Waller has a runway to have a massive ceiling just because tight ends often, the, the best tight end seasons are often from the teams that have no good wide receivers. Unless you're Travis Kelsey and then it doesn't matter. But other than that. You so. think about it, Mark Andrews. You think about Zach Ertz and his time with Philly. Yeah, I'm tempted to move Darren Waller up and redraft. I think I have to see how he looks in camp, a little bit of how he looks in the offense in the pre. He's my tight end eight in Dynasty. In Dynasty, I have him lower, but that's he's just gonna, because I don't. And there's the only tight end I have him ranked above on that list is Dalton Kincaid, and probably actually probably George Kittle. He'd probably be my tight end six in redraft. I have him at seven. In Dynasty or redraft? Redraft. Yeah. But if, if if we'll see if it gets better, yeah. um, and we'll see I'm kind old. of exactly who's healthy and all that. Dalton Schultz has been someone that I really like, though he's creeping up in that range. I don't, Dalton I know Schultz. you don't like Dalton Schultz, but I like him. I I, just, I think he's a volume. It's just the guy. I think he'll volume his way to success this year. But uh, he feels very Austin Hoopery to me. It's fair. It's very fair. He's he's almost the same player, in every way. It's fair. Same athletic profile. Same receiving profile. Same role in the offense, same team switch to a much worse offense. Maybe he'll be a little better, but he he scares me. He's not someone I'm I'm targeting. In, in redraft, I could see him having being decent just this year, but I am also concerned that he's on a one year deal. Maybe that means he goes somewhere better next year. 
and then maybe I'll be interested, but not not going to be too interested on the Texans. Um, I think we're good, though. I think we're good. We answered all the questions. I, I like to keep it under two hours, usually. Um, anyone else have anything they want to promote or anything like that? Uh, check out Hooked on Fantasy. Me and Luke. Yes, I heard it, yesterday's week. episode was very good. And it's been going. It's been going really well so far. Me and Luke have uh, we've had a lot of fun with it. We got on Ray. We got on Ray GQ. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Week. I, awesome. I haven't listened to it yet. I haven't enough time to listen to the podcast today. Yeah, um, it's it's awesome. We had a, we had a good time. So yeah, check out Hooked on Fantasy every your podcast. We live stream every Monday night as well on Twitter. So go check that out. This well. show is on Twitter, uh, but you can't comment yeah. on Twitter. So I yeah, recommend I listening on YouTube, watching on YouTube, so you can comment. But I do put it on Twitter because I know some people will only see it on Twitter. But if you're on Twitter, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube feed. Uh, that's really the place where you can actually interact with the show. Outside of that, make sure to check out my videos. I did a bunch of shorts and then I did two videos. Neither of them really got a lot of attention. Real life kind of intervened. I didn't post them when I wanted. But I did one about the DeAndre Hopkins signing I covered. That's why we didn't talk about it too much today. Uh, check out that video. I talked about Traylon Burks. I talked about Jacob Conquo. I talked about Ryan Tannehill, Will Levis. I talked about all that on that. And then I also uh, did a questions video as well. That's also on the channel. And then I did some shorts. I did one on Kadarius Tony. I did one on Antonio Gibson and Joe Mixon. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's everything. Sign up for the Patreon if you haven't. Um, I will say that there is not going to be a Start Sit Show on YouTube this year. Uh, I always talk about doing that. Never pays off. It's never worth it. Uh, so if you want the start sit stuff, I am going to have that on my Patreon throughout the year. That's what I'm best known for. As for answering the questions on Twitter, I'll probably do it, not to the extent that I've done in previous years. Uh, so sign up for that Patreon. There'll be another Venmo offer if you just want the spreadsheet, if you just want my rankings, and you don't need to ask every question. Uh, there'll be a good deal on that. I think it'll probably be 15 bucks for the whole season. Uh, so if you want just the start sit rankings without having to actually ask a question, I'll have that. I'll, I'll put that up probably mid-August. Uh, right now, you can have the redraft version of the spreadsheet for $8, just like a blue check on Twitter. Uh, um, and yeah, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe if you're here. And I think, uh, I think I got through all my promos. Oh, if you're on the podcast feed, make sure to follow the podcast or subscribe to the podcast or whatever it is. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, leave any comments if you're watching this afterwards because that's uh, likes and comments after the video are what helps the stream get the most traction afterwards. But uh, appreciate all the co-hosts, appreciate all the audience, and I will see you all later. Peace. See ya. Blue, 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 blue.